The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What are the most successful change leaders of today doing to deliver great results? Welcome to Inside Transformational Leadership with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program is produced by the Institute for Transformational Leadership at Georgetown University. We'll explore the inner game of transformational leadership, sharing insights from renowned leaders and faculty from our world-class leadership and coaching programs. Now, from Georgetown University, here is Kate Ebner. Good morning and welcome to Inside Transformational Leadership. I'm Lynn Levis and I'm hosting today for Kate Ebner. Today we'll be talking about a subject that is foundational to great leadership, leading from values. My guest, Manny Elkind, spent a distinguished career at Polaroid, leading manufacturing and development teams where he experimented with new ways of blending productivity, creativity, and work satisfaction. This work led him to explore ways to accelerate human development and to improve leadership, creativity, and relationships. He founded Mind Tech in 1988 to continue this work, and today brings his expertise to leaders in business, medicine, education, and government. Manny teaches in Columbia University's executive development programs and has taught about leading from values here at the Institute for Transformational Leadership. Manny, welcome to today's show, and thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks very much, Lynn. Glad to be here. Well, thanks so much. I'd, I'd really like to jump right in. You've, you've had this really long career as a leader and as someone who is working with leaders and executive teams to find your, your sweet spot between leadership, creativity, and results, and ultimately, fulfillment. Would you tell us what got you interested in the field of human development in the first place? Well, it's an interesting question to think about. It goes back a long time. And uh, I, I remember uh, that uh, in time that the way I got started was when I had my first job uh, out of college, uh, and I was supervising uh, a high-tech at that time, a state-of-art manufacturing facility um, uh, involving uh, 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 can, tin cans in the, in the beer industry, interestingly enough. Uh, and it was my first experience uh, in manufacturing, and I uh, noticed uh, all the people that I was supervising uh, who were non-exempt folks uh, on the manufacturing line seemed to be a lot smarter uh, as I got to know them than we gave them credit for in the way we're asking them to do things and to what degree we don't allow them to get involved in uh, uh, in important decisions and engagement. Sort of do as you're told was the style at that time. And so uh, I thought uh, I'd fool around a little, so to speak, and, and experiment a little and see if I can get them involved in, uh, in setting goals for what the manufacturing lines were doing and to figure out ways of uh, improving the process and improving the logistics to sort of meet and, be, and break their goals. And it was quite an incredible experience. Um, and they did just that. 
And we had a wonderful time doing that. And I got a lot of hassling, interestingly enough, from other people in the factory who felt, uh, hey, what are you doing? Uh, you letting the inmates run the asylum or something, you know, because it, so, <laughs> it was so different. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I was allowing such freedom for them to do these things. So, uh, uh, and it turned out uh, I had done this job after I had uh, 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 finished my, uh, my studies at the uh, Columbia Business School. Uh, and I called one of my former professors there and told him about this experience. And he said, why don't you come up and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take a day and talk to, uh, to the class about it. So I wound up doing that uh, for a couple of years, a few times uh, uh, a, a, a quarter. We'd go up there and, uh, you know, have these great conversations. And that was the first time that I really, uh, uh, really impacted my life. One is... Uh, to realize I had the courage to do something that was against the flow of things, an experiment, that it really worked in terms of uh, the realization of how much I understood about how people think and how people uh, communicate and how to function effectively with them. It was an instinct I, I just wasn't aware I had. Um, and that it was successful in work. And that sort of set the stage for... Uh, uh, for how I got involved in this, and as it turns out, I also have an interesting always had an interest in high technology. So all the work I ever did was involving high technology, um, uh, and uh, that was that was my start, getting the realization of uh, of the uh, the joy of experimentation and staying at the edge. Uh, and doing it uh, in a situation that involves both high technology uh, and experimenting with people at the same time. It was, it was absolutely awesome. That's great. And in general, I, f- I feel like that's sort of what we're talking about, the, the values as, a, as an idea and how they make a difference in organizational life. And we hear about this everywhere. So we hear organizational leaders espousing their company's values. We hear, especially right now, we're hearing a lot from political candidates talking about their values. Um, we hear about American values and, and family values. Of, of course, the list goes, goes on and on. So can you tell me why you, you feel as though values are so important? Uh, yeah, uh, values. Uh, values is like a pathway for a person to deeply understand what's most important to them personally, what's really driving them much of the time unconsciously, uh, as opposed to uh, what often happens uh, innocently, you might say, is uh, people are. Uh, functioning according to the way they should function because of what other people are telling them. Um, And how people feel they should function at times can be in conflict with really the way they want to do it that will give them the most satisfaction. And so you hold on to that thought for a moment and uh, and consider that... uh, the degree that a person really believes that their values will get satisfied uh, in the process of achieving certain goals or objectives is typically the degree to which they'll get uh, excited and motivated and inspired uh, to meet those goals uh, because of what it gives them emotionally. 
Um, and, you know, when you think about values, what does it satisfy? It satisfies values of uh, the things that uh, almost all of us are going for at the end of how can we be happy? Uh, how can we feel good? How can we have inner peace? How we can have contentment? How we can get satisfaction? Uh, those are the, 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 the ones that we go for in the long term because if we don't get those, uh, on a job, for example, and I'm thinking mostly about work here, in fact, completely about work. If we don't get this, those things in our work, uh, we want to leave that organization and want to leave that job just as fast as we can do it. Uh, and it become, if we don't get those uh, values satisfied, um, uh, there's no motivation for us. We'll do things because we have to do them. Uh, that has a big impact, a negative impact on performance. And so understanding uh, what's most important to us purposely, uh, 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 consciously, uh, becomes real crucial. And there are very few people who have a real good sense of what their values are. Um, I used to, uh, uh, very often in a, uh, in a values program, uh, I'd ask people to, uh, and these are high-level executives, or low-level executives, or teachers, or whatever. Uh, and I'd ask them, you know, just take a minute and write down what you think are your most important values, you know, at work. Just take, you know, most important five. And I let people, you know, work for a minute and then ask them, uh, okay, so I'm, I'm curious, uh, uh, you know, what happened when you tried to do that? What was it like to put down those values? And the most frequent things that come up, and I polled people, I polled the class about these questions, is that the large majority of people were not sure what a value was, what a value is, what it isn't, where the boundaries are. They had, most of them, the majority had difficulty coming up with five. And when I asked them what's the most important one of the group, they had real difficulty even understanding how to think about that. Now, I did that with probably in the neighborhood of 5,000 people. It was very, very consistent. And I'm talking about three-quarters of every group approximately. And so when you think about that and, and trans, you know, uh, move into the workplace, a lot of times you have leadership uh, who are creating, you know, uh, 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 values and saying, well, let's get aligned with these kinds of values in the organization. When, when they're doing that, they really, most of them, don't understand what their values are and the implications of that. So there's a real disconnect that people often get between their personal values and, you know, what are the behaviors associated with those versus what leadership's uh, uh, perspective is on, uh, on, uh, on organizational values. And so, that's true. We, we found that same experience, Manny, in our um, transformational leadership class. Actually, we, we would go through the, the time in the class, the very first one, talking about values as an element of, of leadership and, and ask what, what matters most. And we've pointed out the difference between those, as you said, the espoused values, the ones on the, on the website right, on their company's website, and the values that are actually in use. And, and we find that there's, there's what we say we care about and then what we actually demonstrate as, as leaders and how they're not always the same. I'm, I'm really glad you pointed that out because it begs the question, how then do we close that gap between what we say and what we do? 
well, it, it's uh, first is a personal awareness of what the, what your values are. <laughs> that becomes the guideline. If you understand your values, it, it, and you know consciously, uh, it becomes like a gyroscope uh, that you become well aware when you're off track, and it helps you uh, get back on trap on track. And now hold that thought just for a moment, and uh, let me just tell you a quick story that was told to me by somebody else about this uh, young couple that was, uh, you know, very much in love, so they get married, and uh, after about six or seven years, they start getting in trouble with each other. And uh, one of the places that they got in trouble with each other that's, uh, that's symbolic of the, of the difficulty, not a cause of the difficulty, is when one of them was sick in bed and couldn't get out of bed. Uh, they blamed their spouse for behaving in ways that was obviously uh, a demonstration that the spouse didn't love them. And they were doing it to each other. You know, when the other one was sick in bed, the same thing was happening. And so the young woman was, human, uh, woman was asked, uh, well, when you're sick in bed, what do you expect your husband to do or say? That's behaviors. Uh, that would be evidence that would get you to believe he really loves you. And she said, well, you know, bring my food and take care of my responsibilities in the house uh, and keep me company, which is quite reasonable. And the young man was asked the same thing, and he said, well, you know, bring my food and take care of my responsibilities in the house and leave me quietly by myself because I heal faster that way. <laughs> and so <laughs> when, when she was sick in bed, you know, he was lovingly staying away. And when he was sick in bed, she was lovingly being in the room with him, being a pest. And here they are, they're both going for the same value, love, the value of love. But they carry in their heads a different set of behavioral criteria, evidence, of when that value is being taken care of. And so people can have the same values and get in conflict because the behavioral evidence is different. People can have different values and not get in conflict because the behavioral evidence of those values is similar. And so it's not about the values being in conflict. It's about the behaviors being in conflict. You can't separate, you can't separate one from the other. And that understanding becomes very important in terms of dealing with, uh, you know, what, what the people, uh, uh, how do people behave and how... Uh, uh, they would behave if they were behaving according to their values deeply how they really want to behave. It's the awareness of these kinds of things that becomes a real crucial first step at being able to get at that. And when a person gets at that, uh, they can really begin to understand what's happening with other people. That is, they, they don't react to others' behaviors as fast as they used to before. They question more so, are they listening effectively? Do they really know what that other person meant by the words they say? So, it, so understanding one's own values starts to build up a real sensitivity to uh, an awareness of the need to really deeply understand what another person is saying before you react to what they're saying. Right. Well, it's interesting. I, I was wondering if we have a, about three, a little less than three minutes before our first break, but I was wondering if you talk a little more about, about that. How, how is it that um, 
we can differentiate between the individual values and how to link those to, to organizational values. You talked a little bit about that, um, you know, the shared meaning and, and really understanding the behaviors. Can, can you say a little bit more about how to link those two, the individual and the organizational? Uh, yeah, uh, so, so to do it in, uh, in just a couple minutes, that's, that's a challenge. <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, you know, briefly, um, a, a way to do that is to, uh, get, let's say, get a team together uh, and uh, identify what the personal values are of each person and start moving toward what are the behaviors that represent each of those values for each person individually. And so we're now talking about values. We're not talking, I'm sorry, we're now talking about behaviors. And uh, so if everybody, let's say there are 10 people in the room, there are, uh, uh, each person has their top seven values. Uh, so you're talking about uh, uh, 70 potential different values and you're, ta- you're talking numbers here. So you're talking a few hundred different behaviors in the room, and there'd be a lot of common ground between them. And so if people identify the behaviors behind their values, find out what the common ground of the behaviors is, that's where the opportunity comes to find out what really is deeply the common ground among a team. And now you have a chance to understand that and relate it and connect it to organizational boundaries. As long as you start identifying what are the specific behaviors that represent each of the organizational values, you've got to get to a behavioral level. It's not enough to deal with the values because everybody interprets the values differently. Right. It's a little more about that common ground. Yeah, I do appreciate that. And I think that is actually a perfect place to pick up when we return from break, the common ground of, of behaviors. So I'll, I'll transition now. You are listening to Inside Transformational Leadership. Our guest today is Manny Elkind, and I'm Lynn Levis, and we'll be back just after a short break. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Founded in 2012, the Institute for Transformational Leadership, ITL, is an international center for inquiry experiential education, and research about leadership in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches who are dedicated to engaging and providing the leadership needed for a more sustainable and compassionate future. We currently offer two cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF Accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching and the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership. We also offer a range of ICF-certified Advanced Coach Education Master Courses for experienced leadership coaches. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. Email ITLprograms at georgetown.edu or call 202-687-7000. 
up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to itlprograms at georgetown.edu. Here again is your host, Kate Ebner. I'm Lynn Levis, and just before our break, my guest, Manny Elkind, and I were talking about why values are fundamental to leading. Manny has been exploring the relationship between values, leadership, productivity, and relationships for more than 20 years. He's worked with more than 50,000 leaders throughout his company, MindTech, and his teaching role at Columbia University in the Executive Education Program. So Manny, I'd like to start this segment by learning a little bit more about how to tap into values at at work. And we find as, as leadership coaches, when asked, leaders can't always answer the question, what are your guiding values? It's a question that is rarely asked of of leaders, really, uh, though our our values really motivate our actions, as as you had said, motivate our behaviors, and they have a huge impact on our lives and, and our effectiveness as leaders. So I'd like to ask you, how can someone listening to our show begin to identify and select his or her top values? Uh, there's one question, uh, one question that I use that wonderfully does that. And the question is, what's most important to you personally in this particular situation? And so it, pick a situation in which uh, you think of it as a great accomplishment. Um, and if you just sort of imagine yourself in that situation for about 10 seconds or so, the best moments of that situation. Just ask yourself the question, what's most important to me personally in this situation? And you can do that three or four times. And uh, if you do that for, uh, let's say, three very, very different variable kinds of situations, uh, you can start collecting a bucket full of values for yourself about what your most important values are. That could be the beginning of it. Now, hold on to that just for a moment, just for a moment. And I want to say a few words about the question itself. Uh, The question itself is one that you can also ask other people. When you really want to find out what's most important to them in any moment, like you're in the middle of conflict, is a great time to do that. When you ask another person, you know, I'm just curious about what's most important to you personally in this situation. And it's very fascinating how people take that question in a very, and interpret it as being a very respectful question. I mean, how often, think about yourself, have you, uh, has someone ever asked you what's most important in a particular situation? Not mm-hmm. often do people find that happening. 
So it's perceived and felt as a very, very respectful, honorable kind of question. And people go very deep to answer that question. And sometimes they'll be standing in front of you, and all of a sudden you wonder, where are they? Where are they gone? (laughs) Because they're (laughs) trancing out, so to speak, and going deep to find it. So just give them the space. Uh, And very often when you ask that question, you'll be surprised by what people come up with. Uh, Very often you'll find what they come up with is very different than you first imagined, and it'll clarify a lot. Now, you can do that with anybody. You could do that with young kids. You can do that with older people. You can do that with anyone in the world, you might say almost. And more important than any of that, you can do it with yourself by asking yourself that question at any moment in time or in any circumstance that you're near. Ask yourself, like you're going into a meeting with somebody or a group, you know, going into this meeting, what's most important? me personally in this situation and come up with a few things. It'll be very easy. And those are the things that you have to be paying attention to in that meeting. It can be very, very helpful. So the responses that people give and that you'll give to yourself when you ask this question triggers values. Uh, and um, Lynn, can I, I, this is unusual, I know, but can I just uh, do that once with you, just so sure. people can see, and just be spontaneous and be authentic, okay? Sure, no problem. And so find a time at work where, um, and this is in the context of work, where you, um, you felt was a great accomplishment. You don't have to tell us anything about it, but really great accomplishment. And just silently, just for a few seconds, just for five seconds, go and imagine the, the best moments of that situation, Okay. Just do that. Five seconds. Sure. Okay. So what's most important to you personally in that situation? I would say in the example that I have in mind, it's uh, giving back and uh, helping people. So it's helping people. I'm just writing that down, helping people. Um, and giving back, and what else is important in that situation to you? Hmm. I think it is communicating as well, communicating, collaborating with others. Communication and collaboration? Yes. And um, let's say that Imagine you're getting all of those values satisfied just the way you want them. What's the total effect on you personally? Hmm. I would say fulfilled. Fulfilled. Uh, very, very satisfied, yeah. Fulfilled, satisfied. So there you have a wonderful little hierarchy. At the top of the hierarchy is fulfilled or satisfied. That's the one that's the end result of what you're going for over the long term. That if you didn't get enough of that, you'd probably want to leave the job. And the ones below that are the causes that give you the effect of fulfillment. In order for you to get fulfillment, there needs to be collaboration the way you want it. There needs to be communication the way you want it. It needs to be giving back, an opportunity to give back, an opportunity to help people, 
And we're just touching the tip of the iceberg here. That is great. And, and you know, so, it. sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, it, it answers very well the question of, and I love that exercise because it was really, really simple, really, really easy to do. You know, I, I think if I had, maybe if I had taken a little more time, I could have thought a little more. But even just in those those few moments together, we were able to pinpoint a few values. It's a, It sounds and, and feels very manageable for a person to do individually. And I wonder if you might talk a little bit more around how organizations can help their um, employees to identify those shared values, the ones that they can really kind of rally around and, and use. So uh, imagine, um, uh, let's say imagine a staff of about uh, 10 people. And if each one of them knew what their values were, each one of them knew what their values were, and uh, I were to ask them, okay, take each of your values and write down for each of them the three, at least best you can tell, the three most important behaviors that uh, represent those values, the three most important behaviors for each of the values that must be there in order for you to get that value satisfied. If you would do that as a first step. Uh, so can we do a little bit more with you, just one-on-one here, just to uh, demonstrate? Sure. Uh, so take uh, uh, helping people. And for you to get helping people satisfied, what are the specific behaviors that you must do or that you see others doing in order that you believe helping people is getting satisfied? Hmm. For me, I would say it would be interacting with our, with our students here at the Institute. So interacting, so we're just going to take the key words, okay? Interacting mm-hmm. uh, with students, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say... Um, I would say making connections with uh, those outside of the Institute to um, explain to them what, what we're about and to um, educate them about what we do here at the Institute. So uh, connecting with people outside the internu- Institute, yeah, what else? Um, and I oh, would say... Uh, the, yes, one more. I would say uh, su- supporting our staff, staff and faculty, um, you know, making it so that we can all work together well. So that we're all working together well. So if we were to take, uh, have three, uh, three, you might say, behaviors like that, um, and uh, for each of these values, uh, you would have one, two, three, four, five values. You'd have, let's say, we're doing this on a small scale, you would have... 15 behaviors, if you will. And uh, let me just say, behaviors would, we'd have to do a little work with this, but behaviors would be uh, a bit more detailed than what you came up with, okay? Uh, But uh, Mm -hmm. just to be aware of that, and uh, let's say we had 15 behaviors, and we had 10 people, uh, so there would be uh, 150 behaviors in the team, 150 of them. Uh, and I'd have each one of them put each of those behaviors on a 8 by 11 sheet of paper. 
8 by 11 paper in big print. And then ask uh, people, okay, would someone volunteer uh, to uh, put on the board one of their behaviors? Let's say you raise your hand and you say, yes, I have this one here, and that is... uh, um, and that would be uh, connecting with students. So we'd put down connecting with students and put your piece of paper up on the board. And I'd say, okay, everybody in the room, anybody who has something in the neighborhood of connecting with students, let's get all those papers up on the board. And there'd probably be about 20, 25 pieces of paper that would go up. And if we took that 25 piece of paper and asked the team, okay, What's the value or the couple of words that captures the essence of all of those, that represents that cluster? What would show up is a value of some sort. Mm. And that value would affect, in effect, would have a lot of behaviors associated with it. And now let's ask this team of people, what are the three or four or five most important behaviors in that cluster of about 30 that represent that value that is the title of all of these together. What we've now done is found the common ground in terms of what's a value that makes sense for everybody in that room and even more importantly, the specific behaviors associated with it. If we keep going down this pathway what will show up typically is about a half a dozen clusters with a few outliers. And in those clusters, in effect, what you've come up with is the six most important values that's common ground for everybody and a whole set of behaviors that represent it. And now what you can do is say, all right, uh, let's take what we think are the most important behaviors and say this is what we want to support more than anything in this organization as a start. As a start of a way of it might be changing the culture of how we operate, making people more aware of what they want that that inspires them and motivates them. And that's the way you start. That's one of the ways to start to change the culture And they really have an effect on what people do, to what degree is it lined with their values or uh, in in violation of their values and all the implications of that. Right. Well, it's a a very interesting process. The way you've described it, again, in a a small bite-sized way, just just for you and me in in our short time together, as a a more built-out process, I could see very well how it would um, help the the organization to identify those those shared behaviors. So would you be willing, we have about, about three minutes before our next break, and I wonder if you'd be willing to share a story or an example of how you've seen an, an organization do this or a leader really take this and use their values to guide their, their leadership and, and their actions. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm thinking of one person now. Um, uh, it's in a multi-billion company, multi-billion dollar company. It's a, uh, a, a vice president, a senior vice president of one of the divisions. Uh, and what he's doing um, is uh, using, this is one way, of using the values questions 
during his meetings and when his, uh, they're in the process of making decisions. So, for example, uh, uh, there's a discussion taking place of what to do about a particular problem or particular opportunity. Uh, and they come to some conclusions. And as they come to some conclusions, say, okay, let's check our values against this. If we did this the way we're describing, the way we implement it, and if we did this and we got the effects that we've been talking about getting, to what degree will this really satisfy each of our values? To a high degree, medium degree, low degree, or will some of them get violated in the way we're talking about implemented? And you get really surprised at uh, how often people come up with improvements in order to get things more closely aligned with their values. And that's the tip of the iceberg about maybe to have some conversation about this uh, after the break. That sounds great. I appreciate that example. And, and you're right that it is time for another break. So I'll go ahead and transition us. You are listening to Inside Transformational Leadership. And when we return, we'll take a look at how to use some of these values to align vision and and strategy and follow up on our conversation from the segment. My guest is Manny Elkind of MindTech, and we'll be right back. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network founded in 2012 the institute for transformational leadership itl is an international center for inquiry experiential education, and research about leadership in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches who are dedicated to engaging and providing the leadership needed for a more sustainable and compassionate future. We currently offer two cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF Accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching and the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership. We also offer a range of ICF-certified Advanced Coach Education Master Courses for experienced leadership coaches. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. Email ITLprograms at georgetown.edu or call 202-687-7000. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to itlprograms at georgetown.edu. 
Here again is your host, Kate Ebner. Welcome back, and you are listening to Inside Transformational Leadership. I'm Lynn Levis, your guest host and program director of the Institute for Transformational Leadership here at Georgetown University. I'm talking today with Manny Alkind about the importance of values in leadership. So Manny, you've given us some great examples today and, and some direction about how to identify our values and then put them into play. Um, but I wanted to switch gears a little bit. It seems that values can be a great source of, of unity and, and coherence in an organization and that differences in values can have the opposite effect. So in our work with leaders, we often find uh, conflicts seem to be rooted in those, those, those clashes, so to speak, in values. Do our values sometimes bring us apart instead of together? And, and what does that look like? I don't think it's the values that uh, bring us together or pull us apart. It's the behaviors uh, that are beneath the values that can uh, pull us apart. Uh, and I think values are also, and this is, I'm beginning to think this way, uh, it's sort of an evolution for me uh, that there's no such thing as conflicting values uh, because values, I wouldn't say no such things, but it's, 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 uh, it would be more unusual for values to be in conflict because really values are mostly complementary. And let me, uh, let me go to um, another model to describe what I mean by this as an analogy. <clears throat> and I want to use words that uh, language that people you know use every day. Uh, so uh, different styles of thinking uh, uh, in the in the workplace, and some people, for example, uh, their style of thinking and operating is paying more attention to the logical and analytical kinds of things and being organized and detailed and liking to deal with numbers and liking to solve concrete problems and to be practical kinds of people. <clears throat> and another uh, uh, style of, of thinking um, is uh, people who are more interested in creative aspects and uh, conceptualizing and experimenting and, they, uh, and dealing with people and uh, expressing themselves more on the soft, abstract side. And uh, very often, uh, people who are different that way uh, get in conflict with each other and have difficulty understanding each other because their language is different, more abstract language for, uh, for, for one set and more concrete and specific language for the other set. It affects how they think, what words they choose out of the dictionary, and you know, how they function. And they can get in great conflict when they're working on the staff together. Or, since every idea uh, requires creative aspects and requires details and exactness and requires logic and, and involves people, really those two people are complementary, even though they get in very often in conflict over their different ways of thinking, communicating, and operating. But they need each other because um, between the two of them, they cover the whole world, so to speak. And those differences show up very often in marriages and other kinds of relationships. Now come into values. I believe the same thing happens in values. 
when I start to look at lists of values and I can see, okay, uh, values can get in conflict with each other if people are taking positions uh, that are not flexible and adaptable. But in almost all situations, a whole lot of values apply to one degree or another. They all tend to be more complementary. Uh, and, uh, and you need all of them. And I'm just going to... Uh, and, so, and so part of, of uh, working in the workplace is to be aware of that aspect. It's not conflict. And if you dig deeper as to what people mean by, the, by, the, by their values and talk about, you know, what's the emotional aspects that are, that are involved in this? You know, what do they get out of it? Uh, and uh, what is the evidence of, of the differences in values? Uh, that opens people up to understand the differences and see them as different, but without making value judgments about the differences. And so uh, I think that really helps for people to, and sensitizes people to not react to what's going on, but to check, do you really understand what people mean uh, by what they're saying? And I find, and others find who use this, and getting back to the values questions, checking that out, really settles a lot of conflicts right right on the spot. Uh, let me give you an example at the extreme, a few examples at the extreme. Um, uh, and I'm going to take, um, there was a, uh, a doctor, I remember, who uh, attended the, uh, my program, and uh, three weeks later, uh, she called back, uh, and so I got to tell you this story. I said, "Yeah, well, what is it? What happened?" She said, "It's my six-year-old daughter. Uh, I, uh, I, I, our relationship is difficult." She said, "And um, and uh, we always, you know, see things so differently. And we were having one of our tiffs. Uh, and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to ask her that values question. And so I said, uh, dear, I said, you know, what's really most important to you personally in a situation?" And uh, she looked up at me, didn't say a word, and was thinking, and then she told me what it was. And I was shocked. And I didn't realize what was really bothering her. And so we got through that very easy, easy when I realized what she really had in her mind. And that happened about two or three more times. Hmm. And all of a sudden, our relationship was starting to change. And then the following week, she said, we got in a tiff again. And in the middle of getting this little tiff again, she looked up at me and she said, Mommy, what's most important to you in this situation? <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. And the surprise was I stayed authentic and I told her and I was surprised what came out of my mouth because I didn't really, I was really not aware myself of what was bothering me. Now, I love that the, you I, use the word authenticity there, Manny. I have to say that's that's an important point, right? So, approaching these values from an from an authentic point of view, I want I just wanted to underscore that point. This helps you. Values helps you by understanding these things about yourself so deeply. What's most important? It helps people with to with the. It gives them the courage to do things that they never would have done otherwise 
or to understand things they never would have understood otherwise. Uh, is there time enough for another story for a moment? Well, I wonder if I might be able to ask you a question that's related sure. to right where we're going, and, and perhaps your story will, will address it. Um, this really sweet anecdote um, about, the, about the mother and the daughter, it's, it's interesting, and the, the reason I highlighted that point about authenticity is that it does come to pass sometimes that the values are not in alignment, right? So you may have a set of values, but the organization where you work, the values and use might not be the same, and so the question then of authenticity comes into play. I mean, what does that look like? What, what happens in, in that instance? You mean are the values of the organization in conflict with the values of the person? Right. Um, well, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think that's a myth. It's the behaviors that are in conflict. And let me give you an example. Uh, and I've done this many times. Uh, take organizational values. And with people now, uh, the organization values were in place, and then people learned about their personal values. So I'm sitting in the room with a, with a team. And I say to them, okay, look at your values. And now uh, look at the organizational values, and we'll take them one at a time. Let's take this first value. Um, if this first organizational value gets satisfied the way you think it would get satisfied. To what, how many of your values would light up that they're getting positively affected at the same time? Every time I do this, the average number of values of, a, of the individuals that get lit up by every single one of those organizational values is about half of them. But the organization is a mess. Terrible things are going on with the, I mean, people are in conflict. There's no conflict in the values. There's conflict in the behaviors, and that is, uh, get this, get this, get this. People often, daily, many times, violate their own values and they're not aware of it. That's where the problems are. Interesting. So how does and the... Let, let me take this just one more step. Uh, and I've done this many times also. When people come up with, okay, what are the values? They do a values analysis and they come with, according to their values, what changes would they make in the operation or what they're doing or what they want other people to do in a way that would satisfy their personal values? Almost every single time they do that, and I ask them, well, to what degree do you think that will help with organizational goals, and to what degree do you think that will help in your relationships with other people and help other people? Every single time that happens, with one exception, I'm sure there are going to be more exceptions, but the only exception I've ever found is that when a person decides they can't get their value satisfied in that organization or in that job, and they decide to leave, and it's a good person, that's the only time it's negative when people are satisfying their values, what they're doing helps the organization and the people around them. But it's the behaviors that do. The values aren't in conflict. It's the behaviors that are in conflict. 
that's a great example. It was actually the exact question <laughs> I, I was going to ask. That that in that instance, what can what can come of it? And and you're saying, with the exception of it being a a fantastic employee who ups to to leave, then that that the awareness around these these gaps, so to speak, uh, serves the organization positively as they're able to address it. Is that is that right? Yes, and uh, and uh, up at. Uh at Columbia, uh, for a good while, I used to, uh, uh, those who were coming to the senior executives program there, um, I would uh, do, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, coaching, uh, some coaching of the individuals uh, who had gotten uh, 360 uh, inventories, and they gotten feedback about their, uh, you know, how they get along and their performance and so forth, and uh, I'd have about an hour and 15-minute session with them. Individually, and uh, uh, they'd come up with, okay, this is the feedback they're getting. What do they do about it when they get home? What are their plans? Uh, and there on the spot during the hour and 15 minutes, they come up with a few crucial plans for the most important issues they have. And then I asked them, okay, take out your values now that you discovered here and check if you did this and you got, when you got back home, to what degree will you get your values satisfied? Because if you're not going to get them satisfied, you're not going to be motivated to do it. And about one out of five would sheepishly smile and say, oh, no wonder this didn't feel right for me. It's not going to get my value satisfied. Wow. Manny, I, I can't even believe that I'm saying this, but we have about two to three minutes before we wrap up our show today. Um, so before we, we come to a close, I really I want to thank you for sharing your, your insights and, and your work. Um, and specifically, you've, you've given us so much to think about, and I want to direct our listeners to where they can learn more about you and, and your work. Uh, good question. My website, I have a website. Uh, mindtech3, that's number 3.com, www.mindtech3.com, or call me, and we'll have some fun on the phone. Well, I've certainly had a lot of fun talking with you today, Manny. Thank you so much for your time and, and being so generous of your of your work. And I really appreciate as well the the experience myself to, to go through the, the act of of uh, going through the, the values and identifying those. So if uh, if our listeners would like to do that, then they can they can visit your website and or give you a call. It sounds like is that right? That is right. Seven eight one seven eight four two three one five. Wonderful. Manny, thank you again so much for your time today. Great pleasure, Lynn. Great pleasure having a conversation with you. Thank you so much. And everyone, that concludes this week's episode of Inside Transformational Leadership. Thank you for joining us today. And Manny, thank you again. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for joining us this week on Inside Transformational Leadership. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Kate Ebner, next Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our programs, please visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. We'll talk again next week.